Hi, welcome back to Grandad Gets Fit. So as ever, we're always trying to bring interesting guests with skills, knowledge, understanding. And today we've got a guest here who's going to share his thoughts, his information, a highly respected professional across the uh, fitness sector. And he'll bring his array of skills and qualifications. And he's going to inform us and help us understand what male wellness is for him and what we have to do throughout our life to maintain it. Welcome to Araldo. So uh, I'm Araldo. I've been in the fitness industry for about 11 years, primarily teaching group exercise. Uh, I've done most kinds of group exercise from aerobics, Pilates, yoga, spinning, whatever you want to call it. Um, I was Rookie of the Year in 2016 in, in the Netherlands, and I've been a presenter for the IFS for the last Four years. Wow! So you've 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 done a done a lot then uh, in a in a space of time. So just tell us when did you actually? When was your first introduction into the world of uh, fitness? What was your entry? What was your route into it? Well, I was always into sports. I used to play basketball when I was young, and when I was eighteen, I had to go to uni, so I had to stop playing basketball, and I felt that there was something missing from me for being physically active and that's when i started doing gym work proper weightlifting so i want to say about 18 i first joined the gym and started doing weightlifting i didn't discover group exercise until i was way later on about 23 24. Right, um yeah, yeah. so in terms of uh, you know when you're younger and you're involved in that um basketball you said I think you said it was basketball and was that an open age or was just is that just um people your own age range it was more uh playing with my co-student uh, with students from uh, my age range I was also playing in an amateur team so we'd go around and play games it was I want to say it was more around my age and sometimes we'd just make groups of people and play around and um, there was a lot of open courts in Greece when back in Greece so we'd just go into different open courts meet the people there and then just play around yeah you, 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 you're, you're hiding your light under the bushel is the expression we, we say is that yeah, I've heard the Netherlands I've heard Greece I've I've heard basketball and it's it's I'm trying to tease it out of uh, of our guest today but I, I know, personally, I do know of Araldo. He's got a wealth of experience, but he's not giving us the information. I want the juice and the bones, and I want to hear about um, your your younger age, because obviously what we're talking about is male wellness, and part of that is about our journey of from when we're younger. We were really active, lots of people when we're younger, 17, 18, 19, and then there seems to be a descent uh, away from it. So... You, you mentioned there the Netherlands and Greece. So what's that referencing to? Just tell us a bit about that. Right. So, well, first of all, I was um, originally born in Albania. So I've moved to Greece when I was six years old with my family. We were right. uh, financial immigrants there. And I've, I've lived to Greece until I was 20, 25, 26. And then we moved to the Netherlands, um, yeah. primarily for financial purposes as well. Uh, I've lived four and a half years in the Netherlands and then we moved into the UK where I've been living here for about six and a half, seven years. So I've been 
quite a bit around. I've seen a lot of things and I've experienced different countries as um, either as a local person or um, if you want to put an immigrant or someone who just works. So that's an, would you then have an insight into the differences in relation to health and wellness in the different countries? Because there's three countries there you, you mentioned. I don't know what experience you would have had in those countries. So what was your, what were your thoughts on that? Absolutely. I mean, the way do you, uh, the way different countries approach um, matters is. Um, it's a vast, there's huge difference. For example, in Greece, um, people are more open to talking to each other. There's more of a culture of a, uh, like a family or friend culture where people discuss everything. Uh, whereas in exam for example, in the UK, uh, people tend to keep more things inside. They don't open up as much. And that would be the, probably the same thing in the Netherlands. So social interactions are vastly different. Uh, the approach to health and wellness is different as well. For example, in Greece, people don't go as much to the gym. They'd rather go outside because the weather is better. Whereas um, in the UK, you have a lot of uh, people going into gyms or trying to do activities that don't get affected by the weather. So there's all kinds of circumstances that you need to take into consideration. Yeah, and I get that uh, in terms of when you go on you go on holiday. My experiences of um, say when I go to holiday to Koh Samui, Thailand, the island of Thailand, it's an, there's there is a fitness industry, but it's solely or ninety nine point percent geared towards to tourism. They don't have that in the, that that intrinsic culture of gym culture. It's that there's his moto and outdoors. He just to live a different experience. So anybody's in the gyms is predominantly the instructors um, are, are mainly foreigners, non-Thai, non unless it's Motai. So and over here, as you mentioned before, we have our, our weather and we probably have a good three months of the year where you can um, go outside. And beyond that, then you're really looking for people who are a bit a bit more hardy to do outside fitness, although there's. As we, we know, there's lots of activities that are done outside, walking, rambling, all that, all that, all that stuff. I mean, to be, to be fair, in the UK, you do have a lot of hiking you, because the the locations are really beautiful. You yeah. got the lakes, the peaks. You got so many locations where you can go hiking. Um, you can walk around the lakes. Um, whereas in the Netherlands, which is a quite flat land, cycling is at its best. So you can see people will always go for a cycle on a Sunday. They'll do like a full day of cycling and come back. Um, so again, torrential uh, area, uh, area plays a huge role. Yeah, def definitely. So in terms of the male male wellness, just trying to tease out from you, your thoughts then on what is it that you think people are missing in terms of male wellness, what what are the things from your own experience in the uh, the fitness sector, and uh, what what do you understand to be the what's the elements that we need more of or less of in the male wealth wellness sector? Um, well, we can dissect that into either mental health or physical health. Yeah. When it comes to when it comes to physical health, I think men could definitely do with a bit more 
flexibility uh, or spending some more time on building up the body for the activities they're going to do. So anything, you know, I'm a big fan of stretching or mobility or anything you want to call it. Uh, we definitely lack that in, in as an injury prevention, but also as a performance enhancer in terms of our physical health. Yeah, and you'll, you'll know obviously a lot more about this than me. And the thing that, you, that we that I call I call it, and I'm sure it's, but you'll know better than me about that middle aged lower back that the males have that middle aged lower back where you, you do an assessment and they can barely touch the knees, never mind their toes. So in in terms of how can they help themselves? Why is it important then to have that forward flexion, that bending forward? I, I, I understand a, a, a bit about that, but why is it important to have that ability to to bend forward flexion forward? What's so we need we need to think of it in terms of you know wolf's law. It's use it or lose it. If you don't use something, the body will automatically put it in the background because it costs the body energy. So anything we do, the body thinks is important and keeps doing it. Anything we don't do, the body starts locking functions because it says, oh, since I'm not using this, it just burns more energy. The problem with that is that uh, when it comes to flexibility, it's not just the physical part of it. It's also the neural part of it. So the, when we do a motion that we're not used to, our body will prevent us from doing it. The neurons will fire and contract the muscle so that we don't get hurt. So the body, the body goes into almost like a panic state that if we are going to do this movement, we're going to get hurt. And what ends up happening is we're trying to do the movement. The body contracts, it resists us back, and we actually we get hurt from our own uh, safety mechanism. Right, yeah. So most people trying to turn back into their cars to reach something, or as you say, trying to grab something from the floor, what happens is we have an uh, instant contraction of the muscles or a spasm, which in your in your bar in your brain's uh, thing, it's saving you from injuring yourself, but it ends up spasming all the muscles and giving you that back pain um, because as a protection. Right. Yeah, because I think many people who are listening will be able to relate to that. So, how many people have actually heard, "Oh, my back's going to spasm"? What are you doing? I was just turning to put my seatbelt on. I was just reaching. For something so when i'm working with with people and i i'm telling them the, the you have to have that full range of flexibility and i'm saying i say to them you start from the from the floor your, your calf muscles if your calf muscles are tight then it just relates through because they tend to just focus on oh i'll do some mobility on my back so it and again i i, re, I refer to your your greater expertise so when i then mentioned about calf muscles why is it what's the significance of having greater flexibility uh, mobility within the calf muscles and the back of the legs the hamstrings um to people listening they were saying well what's your calf got to do with your your lower back well the thing is in, in within the fitness industry we love separating things you know we love we love having like the quads the biceps the triceps but when it comes into the body itself it's all one big unit and one, I'm so I'm a sports therapist as well, so I see these kind of things quite oh, a right. lot in, in my uh, in my line of work. And 
the 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 calf muscles, the hamstrings, they're all the, our whole body is connected by connective tissue that we call fascia. But also, the calf muscle doesn't just end. There's a tendon there that connects it further up to the hamstring, which connects further up. So the whole body is connected. Um, so when we're actually, and that's what you'll hear from most people, like, oh, my hamstrings are tight, my hamstrings are tight. It's like we're demonizing the hamstring for everything. Yes, yeah. Uh, but when it comes to it, it's we need to see the body as a whole. So as you say, uh, the calf might be tight. Uh, people wearing heavy boots, uh, they have plantar fasciitis. So the fascia at the foot is very tight, affecting everything upwards. And we know that the superficial uh, back fascia starts from the toes and goes all the way up into the neck, into the occipitals. So it's actually, you could be getting headaches, for example, because your calves are tight. I know it sounds uh, crazy, but the whole body works as a unit rather than just this muscle or that muscle. So if we don't pay attention to the whole unit, it's impossible to pinpoint what is wrong. Right, yeah, so for the, the people who are listening there may not have caught that, um, and put me right if I'm wrong, Araldo, what, what you were para, I'm paraphrasing and saying, for instance, an example, somebody who's a workman, a work, a work person with heavy boots, and they're ending up with headaches uh, or pain further up the back, around the shoulder area, it's connected down to your feet, your calf muscles. Have you got the strength, the flexibility, the, the dynamism in your calf muscles joints at the lower end? It can reflect up into headaches, um, obviously, uh, at the back of your neck. So it's in, as you say there, the whole body is connected. It's not just stop at the calf, stop at the, the hamstring, stop at the knee, stop at the waist, etc. and onwards. They are units within that, obviously, but they're all interconnected. So, and exactly. yeah, back at the first point, like I said about the um, lower, the middle age, middle age, lower back, that um, that you would have seen many, many times in your uh, in your. So that's another little little jewel that Araldo uh, didn't tell us at the start. He's his other his other trait. He's other he's, he's a therapist. So what's uh, in terms of males, you deal with males a lot in terms of your, your line of work? I would say I deal with a um, mixed population. Uh, there's definitely a lot of males um, and it I deal with uh, a range from ranging from athletes to ranging to everyday people. Um, and as you said, lower back pain, that common like that very like tight hip uh pelvic muscles uh dealing with the lower back pain is very very common so with males i know you said you, you deal with everyday folk and athletes what would be what's some what's some of the things that in terms of male wellness for particular for males because we, we we're putting males in the box in terms of they do the more intensive labor activities it's still dominant that those activities and jobs and trades which involve lifting, lugging, lunging, yes, they're do still dominated by males. So specifically for males, what would you, could you say, would you, some advice you could give to, give to them in terms of lifting and loading and moving or strengthening? What, what do you think would be something they could do? Well, I mean, obviously everyone's different and there's not yeah. something particular you can give to some people, but when it comes to, you know, if somebody's doing manual work, it would 
benefit from them to learn like proper biomechanics, yes. proper hinging for uh, or what we would call just normal deadlift and squatting positions. And it may look, you know, if if you go, for example, uh, if you're carrying boxes and you do a proper squatting position, it may look ridiculous to everyone else, but you're saving your back. Uh, so it's, I think it's important that, you know, we, we learn, because we learn how to read, we learn how to write, but we never learn like the proper biomechanics of how our body works. So if you're doing a very physical job that in, in, involves like hinging or lifting stuff from the floor a hundred times, you should be able to be taught that as part of your job. Yeah, and I'll pick up on the point that Eraldo said there, and it's a very key point, and working in the fitness se sector, the, the point that Eraldo made is we're all different. It's great to have generalizations because as you will have and, and I have someone will come up to you in a gym or an environment. How would you, you fix this bit? It's how do I do this? Well, on the spot, generalised uh, feedback or information is exactly what it is. It's generalised. Everybody is different. She can't lift the same as her for some impingement. He can't lift the same as him. So the advice that I would get is, is make sure you contact a professional. Get, get, some, get some assessment. And looking after your 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 wellness is must be a key factor as you get older and i don't know how old uh, araldo is but um i am i know i'm significantly older than araldo and i'm starting to experience those things now that i see in people who are much younger than me so i've been involved in fitness for one or two years and it's only now as i enter my 58th year i starting to experience some um, before this podcast me and Meraldo were talking. Meraldo were talking about um, my medial ligament injury, and only now it's really taken into account how long it's going to take to repair. It took two weeks to the swelling to go down. That's two solid weeks of ice lifting anti-inflammatories, even before I considered repairing it. So, in, in terms, Meraldo, let's do a, a quick diagnosis for me. Do you think that was a good idea then, Araldo? What I did, I said two weeks to um, get the inflammation down, anti-inflammatories, because there were people listening with similar injuries or injuries, and old, older than me, older, I'm saying it took me two weeks and I'm super active. So that was a revelation well, to me. For, uh, first of all, uh, it's not within my scope of practice to do diagnosis. That's more of a physiotherapist. <laughs> I need to I need to get the disclaimer out there. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, however, yeah. it's um, you know it as you say, it depends on the person. It depends on uh, the type of injury. There's so many. the The thing with when it comes to ligaments is because ligaments don't have a direct blood supply. Yeah. Um, that's why also they have the the white color because they're mostly collagen. Um, it takes time. It just takes time. Like and. Uh, this that time can many times be frustrating for people like oh it's it's not fixing it's not healing it's not doing but it takes time and it takes a special treatment so you know icing anti-inflammatories if they've been prescribed it's gonna take time i mean two weeks 
if that's what it took. But I'm, I'm sure you didn't sit on your bum for two weeks. I'm sure you did some kind of exercise. That was the problem, Aldo. That was the problem. Um, there was six days, five days of, of uh, each week I was doing something. So there was not participating in the session, but I would do, i demonstrate two or three movements, half the movement, then I'd be standing for five or six hours. So no, I didn't follow common sense because that's what we do within the fitness sector as practitioners we don't heed our own advice well it's not just you know we have you have to see the bigger spectrum as well it's not just advice it's also financial like you can't afford to stay um the usually the inflammatory phase of an injury is about three days so it can last after three days but like can you stay at home for three days and do nothing like how many people uh their back goes but they still need to go to work and keep working so we yeah. can see it as good advice but also then you have to look at the uh, financial repercussions of what's going to happen if i don't do it yeah 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 and you're right and if you're self-employed as an example well where do you get your financial income if you decide to take three days four four days off and if you're employed well, you might get paid but if you're in that job, but if you, what if your particular job says no, you, you only get paid a marginal amount. So yeah, it's and that's the point. I was playing devil's advocate a lot of that um, with Araldo. So um, apologies, but I'm sure Araldo clicked on really quickly that I'm playing devil's advocate. We um, we don't give out uh, specific advice. There's lots of disclaimers. We're not here as uh, to tell everyone. They're, they're exactly the same because that's the point we started on. Everyone is different. You have to apply to your own personal and, and particular situation. So, in terms of your own line of work, where, where, where are you? Where do you find yourself going in terms of as you get older now? And again, don't no, not asking your age, but as you get older, what what are you experiencing um, for yourself? Maybe in terms of what you have to focus on. Well, I'm 36. I might as well get that out. Um, when I first started working in the fitness industry, I was teaching about 18 classes a week. And a lot of those classes were strength classes or dance based classes, which had a lot of impact. And now as I start to get older and I need to moderate the amount of exercise that I do, because I, I train into the classes that I do, but I also have my own training, which I want to do. Uh, so I, I've cut down on the strength classes massively and I teach more holistic classes now. So the bulk of my classes is either Pilates or yoga or some kind of movement classes. And I still have about three or four classes a week where I can go all out. And that allows me to keep about three to four hours in the week where I can train my own thing. And that's either something that I like to do for fun or something that I need to do for rehab to be able to maintain my physicality. Yeah, and you, your point you made there about earlier, you were doing 18 sessions a week and the, the misnomer that people have is, oh, you're an instructor. You should be super, super fit because you do 18, 15 classes a week. And what people fail to understand is that you are actually working, you're not training. And yes. you're watching 13, 50 other people, not training. Yeah, and it's, I mean, most of the instructors I know are broken in a certain way. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. so uh, the thing is, I mean, people need to understand that exercise is good. No exercise is not good, but also too much exercise is not good because we need to allow the body uh, to recover. And if you're training for fun, you, you can do that. You can miss a week from the gym. But if you're an instructor and you have to be there, whether you have a niggle or not, it can be very damaging. And down the line, everything is accumulating. I mean, I've stopped teaching body pump because the amount of repetitions were was putting a lot of stress on my knee and my lower back. Um, so... It, yeah it's when it's your job you really really have to think about the choices you have to make because i know a lot of instructors that have either quit the job with um some kind of injury or are basically doing the job half-witted yeah and your point there you made about for those who don't know body pump it involves multiple high repetitions it could be moderate to lightweight and sometimes heavier weights and if you're doing five, six, seven those sessions a week, then you're going to have an impact because you wouldn't prescribe to any individual. This is how you get fit. You do 18 sessions a week and you do it at 30, 40, 60, 20 percent and you'll get fit. Well, anybody with any sense says, well, you wouldn't do that because that's not how you remain fit. But as an instructors, that's what we do. That's what we do. And as you said there, we end up with many many injuries and people leave the leave the the fitness sector and it's a challenge it is a real a real challenge as we said before about the finance once you're into the fitness sector you you become reliant on that self-employment format predominantly and you you depend on clients and classes and sessions and you've got your bills to pay so how do you how do you step out of it immediately well not many people can not many people do you have to find find a way out of that so yeah so at, uh, talking about the, the male wellness again and your point you made about 36 i'm looking at my phone and i had a message in the the uk we have a system where you get to a certain age and you get notifications from the national health service that we have and it says here oh i'll read it out for you um you are eligible for your nhs health check now did that make me feel ancient yes it did because it, it made me realize I am nearer 60 than not. And I have to take into account now how I'm going to work more, more effectively. And the points that Araldo says there um, previously, well, I've got to start listening to those because it's going to come at a cost if I, if I don't. So in terms of people who are, who are listening, either younger or older, my, I would advocate start earlier to address the issues don't wait until your 40s 50s and uh, i'd say i haven't waited till then i've addressed them earlier it's just only now it's starting to have an an, an impact and um, as Araldo said he, he's made a, adjustments to um his format of how he's training and and actually working so going forward Araldo, and you say you've uh, you've changed your way of working and in terms of the repetitions and uh, classes as i know we say we not do a disclaimer here generally let's think of you then and what what would you do over the next 15 years for you if you could put yourself reaching 50 what would you what what are you going to plan to be doing with your wellness for you 
what's your plans? Uh, well, that's a good question. Uh, ideally, I would want to cut off all my strength classes so yeah. that I can focus strength training outside of a working environment. So I would like to do strength training just for me under uh, full control rather than being at a class and having to do strength training uh, as a job. Uh, and keep uh, generally what I find I lack the most and through the years is rest periods. So I want to be able to control my rest periods a bit more uh, because as I said, as instructors, you know, you have to work minimum. Uh, we teach minimum 10 classes a week and that can go up or down. Um, so finding the period where you actually allow your body to recover is very important. And as I grow older, I think I'm going to be dropping more classes, focusing more of my work into the sports massage, sports therapy uh, department so that my, I can focus on my training more than I focus on my work, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that, that's, 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 uh, that does make, does make sense. And we talk about strength, but there's been lots of, and for several decades, there's been discussion and talk about women need bone density, women need strength. And I, my own perception, I perceive it as it's, t it's taken as a, it's a given that blokes are strong anyway, so they don't, they don't need it. Now, I don't know what your thoughts are though. Do males need that strength work? Do they need it? Do they need to load do resistance? Well, um, I think they do. I mean, if we see uh, there's there's certain studies that show that the biggest problem is after a certain age, there's a lot of uh, loss of muscle mass and that muscle mass can contribute to balance. It contributes to having to healthy metabolism. So uh, does everybody need it? Probably not. Do people uh, less active people need it? And we also need to think like, what is strength training? What is resistance training? Does that mean we have to lift a barbell or does walking for a certain amount um, for specific minutes at a nice pace, does that count as strength training as well because we're fighting gravity? So I don't want to put it as strength training per se, but we can call it either resistance training or muscle focus training. Because yeah. losing muscle mass is one of the biggest problems. Uh, I think it's after 50. I can't remember the research right now. Um, so does everybody need it? I don't know, but it's definitely something that people can benefit from, whether you're a male or a female. Yeah, and I, I, I do I tend to agree with that in terms of um, uh, the muscle mass is needed. As we get older, it becomes harder. And there's so many factors within there genetics ethnicity you could go on and on it's just not again it's just not a simple thing so it, in terms of we talked about wellness and we talked a lot about fitness and i don't want people to think it's wellness is just fitness there's more to it than that it's that holistic health and we're both interested in that to a, a greater and lesser extent on either either end that mindfulness and being present and like as i say we're not experts on it but what I do advocate for myself is that time where I just sit and away I switch off and I find that does help in terms of now the for my example my injury I've had to sit and think and after I've had to call on that element of wellness 
that says, look at yourself. It's not about your fitness capacity. It's looking inwardly and saying, well, I have a focus. I need to do things. I, what, how can I best help myself? Do, do, do you know where I'm coming from, Aldo, on, on that? Do you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to be, I mean, you know, my um, my conversation is heavily about fitness because that's my uh, it's my profession, but it's also my passion. And yeah. I think it's important for people to find their own passion. It doesn't have to be fitness. Uh, it just needs to be something that either fulfills them in their everyday life or it gives them like um, I don't want to say higher purpose, but a goal down the line, something that will keep them motivated. And that can be anything. It can be anything from, you know, um, arts. It can be anything from just going on a walk. It can be anything that fulfills um, anyone. But it's important to have that motivation in your everyday life that keeps you going because it it just helps your mental health so much. Well, yeah, I, I agree. It's more about movement. Uh, not more about movement is the wrong, wrong expression, but part of that is movement or even that lack of movement. Because if I'm sitting, reading or just focusing, doing some mindfulness meditation, then that obviously doesn't involve any movement. It, I think and I perceive it helps me internally. Is I feel there's a degree of repair going on. Um, I don't know how important that is. You need the you need the balance don't you like even in yeah. yoga you you sweat you, you're sweating for an hour and then you sit down you lay down for 10 minutes and relax so you need the balance of both um movement is an integral part of our of who we are as humans uh and depending on how everyone wants to do that movement there should also be uh, a period of relaxation or isolation if you want to put it that way so it's, yeah. it's a balance between the two. Yeah, because yeah. we, we, we started off this and we did say it's not all fit. It's not all about activity, strength training, but it's wellness. The whole package, the, the, the podcast is about male wellness. What can we do? And I, I and there has been some discussion and observations and say males aren't too good or they're not good enough at doing the whole package. There's a degree of reluctance, and we talked. We started talking about the, you mentioned about the cultural differences, um, Greece, Netherlands, uh, the UK. When we're not, and my observation only, the UK is not as sociable and open to open uh, socialization as they are in other countries that we've experienced. They may have experienced. So, for me, I think that's part part of the issue that cultural lack of desire or or need or, or want to communicate it's um, not for every not in every environment because it's obviously people are different so i don't know what what your thoughts on that really well the, the, the social uh the social element is definitely a, a massive thing when it comes to mental health you know because you 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 want to be able to, if if you think about how we grow from school to university there's always that social element around us where we're around people and we can discuss a multitude of things and as we get older and we end up you know in a certain job in a certain way of life we go into a routine and especially in the uk and especially for males uh, the social element is completely cut off um 
because there's this idea of the self-sufficient, fully um, isolated, you know, like patriarch fiction that uh, a man is good for everything. He can do everything by himself. He should never speak. Um, and you don't really, you don't really have that in, I want to say in the South, but definitely not in Greece uh, because people are still gathering in certain events and there's a lot more uh, chatting going on. And I think the social element is crucial. Yeah, and I think the elephant in the room, it's that thing is the COVID. If we haven't learned anything from COVID, the lockdown experience, don't call it COVID, lockdown experience about the importance of socialization, the impact of people being excluded, removed from the groups, social groups, has been absolutely massive. And I, I, I haven't read uh, deeply into any of the studies, the feedback and the research that's happened, but anecdotally that we talk and we hear about the impact on younger people, older people from um, the, the lockdown. So that may be something in the future that um, it could form a podcast. But it's the importance for males are massive because the the levels of suicide in males um, is significant across the whole age range. Yeah, it, it's uh, so I did my I think it was a before a lockdown. I did my um, uh, mental health first aid course and yeah. I remember a staggering uh, figure that the, uh, the suicides for males over 50s is insane is the highest figure in the whole country. And, you know, there's so much we can learn about that. It's like, why is it that point between 40 and 50 where we get the most suicides uh, for men? There's definitely a lot to learn from that. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I think there's you, there's a key point. There's some key points you made about that. And I won't do it a disservice by just brushing over it. Uh, another point, um, I know I'm going to do something specifically on mental wellness and uh, looking for advocates and people who've experienced uh, mental health issues as I have, as many people I know have. And it's, um, yeah, it's important, it's significant and it will form a, a longer podcast. So we're not going to just uh, dive into it and leave it now. But yeah, so thanks for that, all that contribution. But the experience today, have you enjoyed it? And it's much appreciated. Anyway, you're jumping in. So have you enjoyed the experience is the main thing. No, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, it's it's great, as I said, you know, uh, as we've been saying, it's great discussing about things you don't discuss in your everyday life in a different fashion. So, absolutely. Right, so that's, that's perfect. So, uh, thank you again for that. And pl subscribers, please subscribe, like, comment, and it will get better and smoother. And there will be a YouTube format coming very soon. So thank you for that. And come back soon. Thank you very much as well. Right. Stop. And then.